0: Come on, let's take a moment to praise Him, God, 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 God. God, Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, I don't know why they didn't say all that, but anyway, it's wonderful to be here tonight. And uh, I give honor to all these great men of God that's on this platform. I feel uh, <clears throat> I feel very small and frail tonight, and uh, I have a deep burden on my heart to preach. Uh, I look forward to hearing these other men. I feel like I'm the one in greatest need to receive, not just tonight, but every night during this meeting. I need God. I desperately need Him. And, uh, I can't wait to hear uh, my friends, brother, Jeff Dykes, brother Tim Copeland, brother Parker, brother Cody Marks. I can't wait to hear you Friday night. Uh, we are so close to the return of Christ, and there is such a a, uh, a loose living that's overtaken Pentecost. It's disturbing to me. This is uh, no time for that, and I don't mean for that to sound negative. But if there's ever been a time for us to wake out of sleep, it's now. I want to be shaken. I want to be disturbed. And uh, so I want these men to preach to me. I give honor to these men that support this conference. We love you so much. And uh, uh, I hope I didn't miss anybody. I love and appreciate each every one of you so much. <clears throat> Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. Thank you for the opportunity to express myself tonight even though I don't feel worthy to stand in this pulpit. Um, I feel like one of these other men really should be ministering to me. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in His own image. In the image of God created He Him. Male and female created He them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth, and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. I want to preach to you for a few minutes. And um, I'll be honest with you, I don't know how to title what I'm going to preach. In fact, the first few minutes may seem a little irreverent to you. But if you'll give me a few minutes, you'll understand where I'm going. I want to preach to you. About the incompleteness of God. The incompleteness of God are some things God can't do. I know that sounds irreverent, but if you'll give it me just a few minutes, I want to preach to you from a different view. Of God, would you lift your hands and ask the Lord to talk to our hearts? God, in your name, by the power of your blood, by the power of your anointing, I need you greatly in this house. I need you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. God bless you, you can be seated. The English language will fail me tonight. I already know in the beginning that there will not be words in the English language to describe what I'm going to try and be able to preach. But I'm going to attempt anyway. And I also understand that... that. Um, the finite flesh is going to limit me because i'm going to be a finite man trying to talk about an infinite god but i'm going to do everything in my power god god was in heaven alone he was in heaven by himself god's in heaven and i know that immediately our Mine goes to the fact that he was surrounded by angels. There were cherubims and seraphims and warrior angels and messenger angels. I understand all that. But I want to ask you, have you ever been in a crowded place and felt such a deep sense of loneliness and aloneness that it gripped you? God is in heaven and there's no one else in heaven like God. There's no one in heaven like Him. There's angels surrounding Him and they're, they're saying, going to and fro, and they're saying, Holy, Holy, Holy art the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. According to Isaiah the 6th chapter and the 1st through the 3rd verse, it describes how these angels go back and forth around the throne of God. And they're singing the praises of God. But it's their very creation that limits them. It's the very way they were created that limited them. They were created, and you'll let me say it this way, they were created pre-programmed to do what they were doing. And there's something about it. There's something about it that, that brings an emptiness to God. It doesn't fulfill Him. It doesn't complete Him. It, 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 there's something missing. God is perfect. He is the picture of perfection but something is missing and he searches in heaven and he can't find it there is a loneliness in the heart of God and God watches these angels as they surround his throne and come back and forth in his presence saying holy Holy, holy, art thou Lord God Almighty. And it's repetitive. And it's continual. And it keeps going. And it, 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 but, but yet, somehow, it doesn't fulfill God. God is perfect. But He's incomplete in His perfection. There's something God needs. Mm -hmm. There's something God is after. And He creates galaxies and He creates universes. And and if He wants light, He just says, Let there be light, and there's light. And if He he wants a firmament, he just says, Let there be a firmament. And there it is. And he Every time Every time NASA Advances in their technology and they come up with a new telescope or a new lens for a telescope they reach further into space and they find galaxies that they never knew existed. And I believe another reason why is because God continues to create. I don't believe he stopped on the sixth day. He, it's not that he was a creator he is a creator he continues to create. And so, there's this loneliness. There's this aching in God. There's this emptiness in the heart of God. There's something that God needs. Now, isn't that a statement? There's something that God needs. God has created all these things, but what? God needs, He doesn't have the ability to create. He can create planets, He can create stars, He can create universes, He can create galaxies. But the one thing God needs that will complete God, He has no ability to create it. You see, we we sing a song, there's nothing that my God can't do. And I understand what we're saying and all that. But there are some things God can't do. God can't forgive one man that won't repent. God can't save one man that don't want to be saved. And what was missing in God, God couldn't create. And if you'll let me say this the way I say it because I'm so limited by the English language, it won't perfectly describe it, but it will give you enough understanding that you can understand where we're going. And that's the fact that God, in order to get what He needed, God had to run a risk. God had to do something that even in God's economy was very, very risky. And God began to imagine something in His mind. And because I'm made in the image of God and after the likeness of God, I can, I can know how God felt. Because God began to imagine this love affair. God began to imagine this relationship. And if I've made in the image of God and after the likeness of God, I know what that feels like. Is, the heart of God began to pound in his chest as he he began to think about a world. And he began to think about a man and woman in that world. And he began to think about this relationship with this man and woman in that world. And so before... He created the man and woman, he created the place, and the place that he would create wouldn't just be any place it, it its very creation would be the expression of how he felt about that love affair. <laughs> and so God began to create this place for this relationship this this thing that was going to go on but between God and the completion of God. What was going to complete God? And in this creation, he began to create man. Or before he created man, he began to create the place for man. And so the Bible talks about that creation. It tells us about how he created it. He created trees, and he created the firmament, and he created light, and he created darkness, and he, he did all of this as a place, a platform, a framework for what was in the mind of God. And so there were trees. And you know, God God could have just created a tree. God could have just created a tree and every tree would look alike and you and I would never know the difference. He could have created a tree and the tree could have been could have had bark on the bottom and brown bark and green leaves and they could have all stood about the same height. And he could have just said, there's a tree. That's a tree. That's what a tree looks like. And we would have been happy because we'd have never known the difference. But that wasn't enough for God because God was doing this for relationships. And so God created massive trees. He created trees so big in California you can drive a car through them. He created trees so small that you can step over them. He created fruit trees and he created apple trees and he created orange trees and pear trees and, and he created oak trees and many different types of oak trees and many different types of pine trees because he was doing it for a relationship. And when God got ready to create rivers, He could have just created a river and that could have been it. He, it could have just been, but He created every kind of river because when He got to creating, the emotion of creating for that relationship overtook Him. Hallelujah. He created oceans, He created ponds and he created streams and he created he he got to creating the fish in the ocean he created fish so small that it takes a microscope to look at and he created fish so big that they're as large as a small strip mall or shopping center because he was creating for a relationship And when he got to creating, the emotion of it overtook him. And he said, I'm doing this for the one I love. I'm doing this for... And he was overcome with the relationship and the creating of the place for you and I. Because it was a love affair. And then God... I could take a long time with that and I won't. But when God got through creating the place... He got down on his knees as though it were. And he began to create man out of the dust of the earth. He gets down on his knees and he begins to shape and form man. And one writer said every once in a while he would look at his reflection in the ocean. And he'd come back and form man. And when he got through forming Adam, Adam looked just like God. And I want to stop just a second right here and say that if we're made in the image of God, if Adam was made in the image of God and after the likeness of God, and there's three complete separate persons in God, then there had to be three Adams created. And the very fact that he created one person... That was made up of body, soul, and spirit. And not three atoms formed out of that dust. And he breathed the breath of life. And when the spirit of God. When the breath of God. The spirit of God. When spirit connected with body. He stood up a living soul. And when he stood up. I don't know how to say this. I don't know how to describe this. All I know how to tell you is when he stood up, the wisdom of God was in him. Whatever that means, however far that takes him to what God knew, the wisdom of God was in Adam. Because he is commanded to subdue the earth. He's commanded to tend the garden and tend the animals. He's given a huge task. And five minutes ago, he didn't even exist. And so the wisdom of God had to be in him. Also, God walked and talked with him in the cool of the evening. Let me ask you, what does a man that don't know anything talk to God about? How does a man that don't know anything visit with an infinite God? I'm telling you, we, are so, we were so robbed in the fall that we can't even relate to what Adam was. In Adam was the wisdom of God. And he walked with God in the cool of the evening and talked with God about the planets and the stars and creation. And and, and when a lion walked by, Adam knew everything about that lion. He knew that lion's habitat. He knew where that lion slept. A bird flew by. He knew everything about that, that bird because it was in him from God. And wisdom works so different than knowledge that we can't even grasp it and we can't even understand how different knowledge comes piecemeal. It takes a lifetime to get knowledge. Knowledge is collected piecemeal a little bit here and there. But anybody that's ever been so full of the Holy Ghost that God infuse you with wisdom understands that wisdom, where where knowledge starts as a seed in the ground and then next year it pokes up out of the ground and then it gets a a, a trunk and then it gets some branches and then then ten years later... uh, it, it, it takes on some shade, and, th- and then it produces fruit, and and it takes a lifetime to get knowledge. You understand that that when God gives you wisdom, you got a full grown fruit bearing tree in seconds. You pray for God, and you ask as a pastor, "What's going on in my church? What's happening here? What, what what's taking place?" You don't know anything. You can't figure it out. You you try to figure it out, and then. God speaks in the middle of the night and you wake up and you don't have any questions because wisdom comes complete when God gives you wisdom it comes off and he had the wisdom of God in him was the wisdom of God but here's the deal he created Adam out of the dust of the earth Adam stood up and looked around And what made Adam so different from the angels was while the angels were pre programmed to do what they do. God created Adam, put in him the wisdom of God, and did no programming at all. He put him in that garden. And that's the risk. And turned him loose. All right. Because love is only purified by choice. And where there is no choice, there is no love. And he put a tree in the midst of the garden. And he said, don't eat of that tree. If you love me, don't eat of that tree. And and, and somebody said, well, you know what? If there wasn't sin and there wasn't temptation, I could live for God. So could Lucifer. You see, the Garden of Eden... The Garden of Eden, no matter how beautiful it was, would have been a prison if it wasn't for the tree. It doesn't matter how gilded the cage is. It doesn't matter how plush the cage is. It doesn't matter how lovely the environment is. Every day... In the United States of America, there are women that walk away from what everybody else would call a perfect situation. There are these older rich men that find these beautiful young ladies that are raised in abject circumstances and want to take advantage of that abject circumstance. And they take these poor little girls... And they buy a Mercedes Benz and put them in marble houses and unlimited credit cards and think I'll hold them with all the plushness of life. And it's all right for a little while. Mm. But then, after a little while, that girl says, I'm sick of marble. And I'm sick of jewelry. And I'm sick of credit cards. I'd rather live in a shack down a dirt road with a man I love than in all the beauty with someone I don't love. Mm -hmm. You can take an eagle... And put him in a golden cage that's as big as this building and as tall as Mount Everest. But if you don't leave the door open, he's still a prisoner. And without the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the Garden of Eden would have been a prison. And therefore, God would not have accomplished anything. The only way God could get what He wanted... Out of this life affair, is there had to be a choice! And so he didn't program man. He turned him loose. And there's apprehension in the heart of God. As God comes the next morning, somebody said, God knows everything, God's omniscient, God, God, God knows it all. Well, then tell me why. Tell me why. When the centurion soldier looked at God, or looked at Jesus, God in the flesh, and said, speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. The Bible says God marveled. I'm telling you, the son will never make God marvel. An angel will never make God marvel. A deer will never make God marvel. no created being will ever make God marvel except man, because in man was put free will and the wisdom of God, and no programming on god's he said this is this is going to have to completely be you know I, I want to say this just a second we We, we like to play the the, the 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 game of opposites, kids like to play the game of opposites and we say up and they say. Down And we say light and they say. And you say good and they say. And you say God and they say. You say God and they say, say, and they say the devil. But that's not true. Yeah. Right. 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 Lucifer is no greater than any other angel has ever created. The only thing that can even come close to being an opposite of God is you when you're not living for Him. Because you're the only thing made in His image and after His likeness. And He ran the risk of turning man loose. And somebody said, Well, you can either, I I can make the choice. I can either live for God or I can live for the devil. No one lives for the devil. You live for yourself. You don't make the choice of living for God or living for the devil. Everybody that's not living for God is living for themselves. The devil just maximizes on that, he just gives you ideas. When he came to Eve in that tree in the garden, he didn't say, don't worship God, worship me. He said, I'll make you a God. <laughs> he understood. I'm no competition for God. No. Yeah. no, The only competition for God is the other thing that's made like God. And nothing else is made like God except man. Turned Adam loose. No pre programming. And he said, Adam? And he understood this may not work. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. You see, it had to be that way. God had to marvel. When Adam came, or it wasn't going to complete God. It wasn't going to fulfill that need. That need had to be fulfilled by an individual. And I'm not going to take time tonight to get into what individual means, but that's, what it, that, that's the understanding. Divided, separated. Separated. God could not be fulfilled unless Adam came completely of his own free will without any coercion and said, God, I want to I fellowship with you as badly as you want to fellowship with me. And when Adam said, Yes, Lord! had it so good. It worked. I ran a risk and it worked and now God for the first time is not lonely anymore. He is fulfilled. And he says I've got to somehow somehow I've got to get Adam to understand how I feel. Adam's got to know how I feel. Somehow Adam's gotta know my loneliness and he's gotta know what it feels like to have someone have a relation. He says, I know what I'll do. And he says, Adam, it's not good that you dwell alone. I well know that it's not good that you dwell alone. So I'm gonna give you someone to give you relationship. Like you've, you're giving me relationship. And as you have relationship with her, then you'll understand. Also, Adam, because you're made in my image and after my likeness. Before the fall, you're perfect. But because you're made in my image and after my likeness, you're also incomplete. I'm going to make you a helpmate and that helpmate's going to complete you because I'm not going to have to continue to create because the one area where you're incomplete and I'm incomplete is we can't reproduce without our completion and so he puts Adam to sleep am I boring y'all? Okay, because I got just a little bit more to go, and he puts Adam to sleep, and he opens up the side of Adam, and he takes out of the side of Adam, and out of the side of Adam he begins to form out of the, what he took out of the side of Adam, he become, begins to form Adam's completion. His wife. And the Bible calls her woman. And what that means is womb man or a man with a womb or a man with, with the ability to reproduce. And speeding ahead because I'm running out of time and the clock's haunting me. As Adam and Eve have relationship, the result of that relationship is little Adam and Eve's are born that follow in their footsteps and love their God and worship their God. And walk like Adam and talk like Adam. And as a result of this, Isaiah, the 6th chapter and the 1st verse through the 3rd or 4th verse, begins to be fulfilled and the whole earth is being filled with the glory of God. And had Adam and Eve not failed, that scripture would have been fulfilled. But they do fail. And we like to talk about what we lost when they failed. Adam and Eve didn't lose anything, they had just woke up. It was God that had been lonely for infinity, it was God that was having a need supplied that relationship do you understand do you understand that you were created for per, with purpose you were created with purpose and that purpose is to have relationship with God and nothing else matters and everything else you do has to fit within that framework and if you view prayer if you view prayer is a place you go to get your needs answered then the altar is a golden genie The altar's a golden lamp and God's your genie. And you totally miss the purpose of prayer. I'm going to say God gets more out of prayer than you do. It's quiet right now. But that's Okay. I'm not intimidated. I've prayed over this and I've sought God over this. And I'm going to tell you, we need to see going to church and living for God and prayer from God's side instead of just ours. We've lived our Holy Ghost existence seeing everything from God's side or from our side. And tonight I want to show you living for God from God's side. I'm telling you what he'll do. I'm telling you what God will do. The God of the heavens. The God that created everything. I'll tell you what he'll do. He'll go down a little road to a little to a little house where there's a little lady. She might not have anything but some beans and cornbread. Just a little beans on the stove and a little cornbread. She might not have anything. But he'll wake her up in the middle of the night and say, You want to talk? I'm lonely. Will you talk to me? That's why I created you. I created you for relationship. I I, I, I just need somebody that can relate to me. I I need somebody that can understand me. I'm going to tell you, God answers our prayers because he loves us. But the purpose of prayer is we serve a God that needs us and we complete him. You see, this is the position that God was in. This is the position that God was in. The only thing God needed, you possess. You hold it. And if you're not careful, you can withhold it from Him. You see... Because you were created for relationship. If you're not in that relationship, then you're not in proper alignment. And that's why people are miserable. And they lay in their bed at night, and they say, "What, what, what does my tomorrow feel like? Well, who am I? Where, where, where do I belong? That's the reason for drugs and alcohol. That's the reason people have got to fill their lives with with television and sports and all of these things because there's a lo- there's a loneliness in them that was created by God. It was put there because you you, you got to hear what I'm saying right now. When when God created man, He hollowed out a place in in man that only relationship with God can fill. And if you try to put anything else in that spot it's like putting a square peg in a round. It don't fit. The only thing that fits in that area in you is relationship. You know you, you know why I can say that with full conviction? Because you're created in the image of God and out there in the likeness of God. And God has that same hollow place in him that only you can feel. Only relationship with you. He can't create that. He can't speak. Let me tell you something. He can speak stars into existence. He can speak galaxies into existence. But the thing he needs, only you can supply for him. People lay in their bed at night. They wake up and things are running through their mind, and they're like, I I, I can't sleep. I don't know why I can't sleep. And if you're not careful, you'll try to fill it with a Louis L'Amour book, or you'll try to get on the iPad and try to fill it with Facebook and Instagram. uh, Don't you understand God the of all creation has looked down and said you I'd like to talk with you Uh, next time you feel that way you need to remember the story of Samuel when the when the Bible says somebody said Samuel said the God of all heavens looks at a little boy and says I need you tonight that's why you were created I need relationship You, you know, we, we, we want to. We're just like everybody else. You, you go to build a house. You go to build a house, and if you're not careful, before you've ever pre before you've ever poured the, poured the concrete, you're wanting to pick out wallpaper. Before the the footers have ever been dug, you're wanting to pick out columns. i got I got people in my church I hope they 're listening on Holy Ghost Radio right now i got people in my church they always well, what kind of ministry is God calling me? I want to say, just get relationship you 're wanting to go be missionaries and do big things and be on platforms and just build everything has to work within the framework of that relationship if you 'll get relationship you won 't have to worry about anything else if you, Right now, he don't want you to preach. He wants relationship. He just wants you to talk to him. I want a bus. I want to run a bus ride. I want to pick kids. I just that, that may come, but it'll be on the foundation of relationship. There's young people sitting here right now. I hope I can convince you tonight. Just build a relationship with God. Just come to prayer to talk to Him. He'll supply every need, He'll answer every request. But let me tell you something that's the benefits of prayer, not the purpose. i got to say it again. That's the benefits. Not the, the purpose. It's God needs you as bad as you need Him. Yes, yes. God wasn't created for you. You were created for God. Yes. He longs. Right. He calls. He longs. And as long is you're not in alignment with that purpose. There's going to be angst. There's going to be emptiness. There's going to be fear. There's going to be depression. There's going to be anxiety. All these things people are dealing with, they're dealing with because they're not in alignment with their purpose. You were created. Now listen, this is so important. The whole purpose was that Isaiah the sixth chapter would be fulfilled where the Bible says the whole earth is full of His glory. And somebody said, it's already fulfilled. You're telling me ISIS and Islam and North Korea and rape and incest and all the things going on in our world, the whole earth is full of His glory? No. And so God says, you know what? Man, If you're going to do something and it's going to be done right, just do it yourself. And so God robes himself in flesh and enter the earth, the second Adam. And Hebrews, the fourth chapter, tells us that for 33 and a half years he walked the obstacle course of life yet without sin. And he said, I'm going to show you how to do this. And I'm going to show you the purpose. And God shows us an Adam walking the face of the earth in perfect alignment and relationship with God Almighty. And because of that relationship, because of that relationship, there is no sin. And I want to stop here long enough to say, let me just insert this, okay? I just, I just want to just, just wedge this in. But our language, our language, if, you not, if we're not careful, will feed the fuel of the denominal and charismatic world that wants to accuse us and they want to say to us that you believe in salvation through works. You believe it's your works that save you. And we feed the fuel of that by saying things like and singing songs like, The Reason I'm in This Church, I Don't Want to Be Lost, and talking about telling our kids, Well, you better not lie. You're going to go to hell if you lie. Come on, anybody ever heard that? Don't do this. You're going to go to hell if you do this. You're going to do. Let me tell you something. I want everybody here to hear me. No one is going to go to hell because they sin. And no one's going to go to heaven because they don't. Matthew, the seventh chapter, gives us a long understanding of why we're going to be lost. But he wraps it up by saying, Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. People are going to go to hell because they don't have a relationship. And you sin because you don't have relationship. The Bible says, "Thy word have I hid in my heart." He is the word, and you build relationship with Him through His word that you might not sin against the Lord. I don't live this way because I'm afraid of going to hell. I live this way because I'm afraid of destroying my relationship. If he hints about anything in that Bible that he don't like. You know why I don't wear jewelry? Because Paul said we shouldn't array ourselves with gold and costly array. You know why I have a good clean haircut because Paul said in 1st Corinthians the 11th chapter that men ought to have short hair. Somebody said he didn't say it was a sin. He said it was a shame. It doesn't matter whether it's a sin or a shame to me. If it shames God, I don't want to do it. I want relationship. Be seated. Preach to me, preacher. Preach to me. Tell me what God don't like. Tell me what will destroy a relationship. I'm in love with Him. I want relationship. I'm not separating myself from the world to save myself. I'm separating myself from the world because I have a God that created me for relationship, and I want that relationship. Because in that relationship I complete him and he completes me. And so God looks down at the second Adam and says the same thing of the second Adam that He said the first. It's not good that the second Adam dwell alone. And he puts the second Adam to sleep on the cross. And he opens his side up. And just like the first Adam, out of the side of the second Adam, he takes blood and water. And around that blood and water, he begins to form the Eve of the bride of of the second Adam. My God, have mercy. And listen to me. We do it all in Sebastopol, okay? We try to run buses. We teach Bible studies. We're in the jails. We're in the nursing homes. We do it all. But let me tell you, that, that just has to be an addendum. That, that, let me tell you how children are born. Children are born in relationship. And when the bride of Christ has a relationship with Christ that is pure and solid and consistent and righteous. Children will be born as a result of that relationship. And he wants it to be because we've got to fulfill Isaiah 6 and the whole earth. Now, I'm running out of time, so let me say this. There are, there is no such thing as an accident. I resent that language. I grew up in a day going to school with kids that lived under that image that they were an accident because I was just young enough to be the children of that generation that was smoking dope and living in LSD dens Children were born in the back of hippie vans or conceived in the back of hippie vans with flowers all over the side of it. And I live with kids. I grew up with kids that say, I, I'm just an accident. My mom and daddy, wasn't, I don't know who my daddy was. I don't who know who I, I, I was. I, I grew up in the first generation that had to live under that. let me just tell you something there are no accidents not one no one is here because two people got together in relationship only God can give the spark of life I don't care who gets together only God can give the spark of life. Now I'm wrapping it up, but there's too many. There's too many couples out there trying to have kids and can't. There's too many for fertility clinics. There's too many people paying big money. There's too many couples that say we've been trying, we've done this, we've worked, we've done. That. Why is that? Because I'm gonna tell you, only God. Ultimately, I don't care who gets together, where they get together, how they get together. If God don't want you on the face of the earth, you won't be here. And if you're here, you're here for purpose. I don't care who your mama is. I don't care who your daddy is. I don't care if you don't know who they are. Let me tell you, let me tell you, I want every one of you young, I'm, I'm going to tell you something in the Holy Ghost. I feel an authority right now. There's some young people sitting here. There's some of you girls sitting here right now that if you don't get a hold of what I'm saying, you're going to mess your life up. Because you say, who am I, what am I? I don't matter. It doesn't, I, I'm telling you right now. I don't care where you came from. God sparked, he knew you from your mother's womb. were created in a test tube it wasn't the brains of a scientist it was the spark of god and if god wouldn't have gave the spark the scientists would have failed man i feel the holy ghost right now you got to get a hold of what i'm saying in the end of this message i'm going to tell you why kids mess their life up because they don't have purpose I'm gonna tell you why they're on gaming systems and sitting on game. They don't know what they don't know what to do with their time because you don't understand purpose. Let me tell you something. You were created for purpose, and there's a whole lot that goes in the framework of that purpose. But let me tell you where you get started. You were created because God was lonely, and I'm gonna say a big statement right now. If you don't have relationship with God, God's incomplete to you. Do. Say what you want to say. There's a piece missing in God's puzzle until you come in alignment with God. And that's why finally in the end, right before the millennial reign, he's going to say, you don't want me. He's just going to wad this thing up like a jilted lover and burn it. But right now, he's saying, come on. Come on. Don't you understand? I created you because I want to talk to you. I want to visit with you. That's why I wake you up in the middle of the night. That's why you feel lonely. That's why you lay there and wonder, who am I? What's my purpose? Where I want you to ask me? I want to fulfill you in. If you talk to me a little bit, my God, I would show you. I'd give you visions. I'd give you dreams. There's a charismatic world right now that says, well, if you can't show me in the book, if you can't show me in the book where the book spells it out that this is a sin, well, then I'll just do it anyway. You know why? Because they're missing this entire concept of relationship. That'd be the same thing as me wearing my muddy shoes in our house. And my wife's saying, please pull those shoes off. Baby, I just swept mopped. I'd appreciate it if you'd take your shoes off. And I say, are you going to divorce me? Well, well, no, I mean, it's not like that. Well, then who cares? I mean, I don't care about relationship with you. Just, you know, if I ever do anything you're going to want to divorce me over, just let me know. Until then, your me feelings don't matter. And that's what you're telling God when you say, if you didn't spell it out. I don't care about relationship, just don't send me to hell. I just don't want to burn. It's relationship. And you were created, none of you were insignificant. Let me tell you something. Uh, we live in a time right now of Pentecostal girls that don't feel like, because of Hollywood and all that, they don't feel like they fit in with the world. And, 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 and maybe they have a home life that's rough. And the next thing you know, they're, they're just open to any idiot out there that wants to destroy their lives because of their feelings of insignificance. Well, you remember this message. You get the CD and you write it down because I'm going to tell you there's not one of you. Not one! Not one! that's just an accident that God said, where'd they come from? And let me say one more thing. You didn't wind up on this earth and now God's got to create purpose because you live. The purpose existed before he ever formed you and fashioned you. Purpose is not created for you. You're created for purpose. Now listen, because my God, I'm running out of time. Listen, listen, this is very important. This is very important. This is very important. And I know we got kids here and all that kind of stuff, but we live in a in a wild world. So give me a little bit of leeway here right now, okay? Do you understand? Do you understand that for a child to be born? And I read a lot of conflicting statistics today, but the lowest number I read was 40 million sperm cells that head for an egg. One scientist said 300 million. Do you understand that that's 40 to 300 million different identities, different DNA makeups? Different personalities, different natures, different hair color, different height. And it doesn't happen randomly because in that 40 million to 300 million, God selects one DNA. The Bible says he knows you from your mother's womb. That means he looks at your purpose. He looks where you're going to live and where you're going to pastor and what the... My God, have mercy. Where you're going to be called to, what foreign fields you're going to go to. And he starts selecting your eye color and your hair and your nature. My God, have mercy. Your emotions, your emotional makeup. Boy. And he selects that one, my God, have mercy. That one sperm to match with that egg that's going to produce the perfect person to fulfill purpose. And you say, I don't believe that. Well, stand up, baby. This little girl right here. This young lady right here. Scientists consistently try to disprove God and every time they do, they continue to authenticate Him. Because in DNA... They've discovered so many things that I won't take time to go into tonight. But one of them is, is that this thumbprint right here, right here, there's not another, there's seven billion, seven billion, seven billion people on the face of the earth. That's the only thumbprint like that in the world. Hang on. You know what that means? That means out of 14 billion thumbprints, they can identify her by hers. Stay with me. They've now got facial recognition software, which means in just a second, this girl can walk into, walk under a facial recognition and it will read her iris. And out of 14 billion, billion eyeballs on the face of the earth they can identify hers you know what that means that means in god oh my god she wouldn't even be here if god didn't select one sperm out of 300 billion so that she would be exactly what she is because she's selected for purpose hang on hang on and that means she has a place in god's puzzle And because her eye and her thumb and so many other things about her, including her DNA, will identify her out of 7 billion people, it means she's the only one. God's puzzle's not complete unless she is in relationship. Stand together.